Welcome to Tiger Paw Radio, the podcast that tackles all the challenges and opportunities of channel convergence. If you provide managed IT, managed print, VoIP, security, or other technology-driven services for your customers, this podcast is for you. Tiger Paw Radio, exploring channel convergence, one stripe at a time. Well, hey everybody, Wes McDonald here. I am so absolutely excited today. We've got uh, Craig Schlagbaum, uh, who is from Comcast, and he's going to be sharing some stuff with us today about the SD-WAN. And if you don't know what that is, or if you do know what that is, want to figure out how you can have some opportunity with it, this is an episode for you. So, Craig, how are you today? Hey, I'm great, Wes. Thanks for having me today, and uh, appreciate it. And I'm excited to talk about Comcast business and uh, what we're doing in this space. Yeah, I'm so thrilled, uh, you know, um, and, and maybe what you can do, nobody knows you like yourself. So if you could just briefly introduce yourself to our audience, and if you could maybe share one thing about yourself that people may not know. Well, uh, I've been in the Channel West for quite a long time, over 30 years. I actually got into it uh, after my father. He was one of the people that started the channel at IBM many years ago, and uh, I've spent time in distribution and I've worked for IBM and Lotus and Sony, but I've also worked in the telecom world for some of the ILEX and then recently for the last 10 years with Comcast Business. So I run our indirect channel team nationwide. Our footprint today is in you know pretty much uh, the United States. And I have a team of about 150 people that support uh, 5,000 partners across the US that sell for us. And uh, primarily it's selling connectivity services and then SD-WAN, UCAS and some other services. And it's all on an agent type of a model. So we pay commissions to partners on a residual basis. And that's how our, our model works. And um, a lot of people don't know that I'm from the Midwest. Actually, I'm from uh, Toledo, Ohio originally. So I spent a lot of time off Lake Erie where you are. And uh, and uh, maybe a little famous fact, I got to play 18 holes with Dustin Johnson a few years ago. So I got to see what the long ballers uh, can do. Oh, yeah, I don't know if I can handle the pressure. <laughs> a lot, believe me, it's tough. Yeah, well, wonderful, and and thank you so much again for uh, doing this interview today. And uh, one fun fact about myself, you kind of led into it a little bit, uh, but that we both uh, share Lake Erie. And uh, I'm telling you, one of the things I love on uh, Lake Erie is the fishing, and it has been off the charts this year for both uh, bass and walleye. You know, the pandemic really has changed the way that uh, people work forever, I would say. Uh, we still don't know what it's going to look like a year from now or two years from now, what kind of impact that's had on the on the modern office, right? And with more people working from home offices, uh, and then of course other verticals like healthcare that are you know doing more virtual services like telemedicine, I'm um, gonna use that. Me and my family have used that for the first time uh, ever, thanks to the you know pandemic. That the SD WAN could be a huge growth area for you know tech service providers again, that are looking to garner, you know, some more share of customer uh, wallets. So why don't you take us through, first of all, what an SD-WAN is and how that differs from, you know, some of the other uh, networking uh, technologies or paradigms that people might be used to. Sure. Well, and it is different than a hub and spoke. And so it allows you to leverage IPsec VPN technology. And particularly, it allows you use lower cost bandwidth options that don't have SLAs associated with them because you can manage that independently. And it allows you to scale and provides a lot of versatility so that you can manage workloads in the cloud with things like Azure and things like um, AWS, where a lot of customers obviously have applications now. So the experience for the user is tremendously better if you put them on an SD-WAN model 
versus a traditional model because you can get down to managing it at the application layer and you can do it at a more cost-effective uh, level and eliminate kind of the tyranny of the boxes, the traditional hardware world where it can all be managed virtually via software. So those are really kind of the key elements. Yeah, I think you raised an important thing there, you know, sort of about this idea of, you know, the cloud elements, right, and, and hardware. And I started uh, my career in the technology world actually very early on working for a company called PSI Net, uh, which was bought by a telco uh, in uh, Calgary uh, during the dot bomb. And so much has changed, right? So what you talked about, about this affordability of being able to use this technology, uh, the customers, you know, uh, have a much better price point for that. I think that's, you know, really relevant, right? Um, and let's talk a little bit more about customer benefits beyond cost. So I've heard things like that they'll experience, you know, lower latency. So is that true? And are there, are there some other things that they might experience some other benefits? Well, it is true because the fact that you can manage that the application layer allows you to control the latency issues. So you can get the best connectivity and then manage applications that you perhaps don't want to be used. So things like, for example, Pandora, YouTube, if you wanted to put rules in place where you said, hey, those applications can't be run or they're deprioritized, but the voice call is, then the customer experience on the voice call without the jitter and latency would, would be there and you could shut down that you know, bandwidth hog applications that might be a challenge. And so that can be all done you know, with the network management tools that are in our platform. Yeah, that's really neat. And so this ability to prioritize applications, I think is huge, right? And, you know, I know that uh, even from my experience, although everyone thinks uh, the internet is uh, absolutely, um, you know, the fastest thing on earth right now, well, that is until you have to share it, right? And then you have to share it with uh, different applications and especially with so much media rich uh, and intensive applications now, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so you can have the best network connectivity on the planet, but if you don't manage the applications properly, then the experience may not be good. And that obviously in a world where everything's virtual could affect the UCAS offering that the partner sells. It could affect the applications that you're trying to get in Azure, wherever. And so it, it's really a critical element. And um, maybe we can speak to verticals a little bit. Are there you know certain verticals that you've seen out there that, that people should be going after? Uh, that might benefit more from an SD-WAN uh, versus other verticals? Well, it's certainly across the board. I've seen many different areas. Certainly financial services is one of the top ones. Healthcare is another top one. I see you know, the funnel and the opportunities we get uh, in those spaces a lot. I've seen automobile dealerships. Oh. I've seen convenience stores um, manage this way. And then of course, you know, like companies that have remote uh, traders in the stock market space, I've seen that as well. So. You know, it really runs the gambit of many, many different industries. And so basically anywhere where you've got a situation where you got to have lots and lots of employees that are dispersed in many locations, uh, but you can even run SD-WAN on a single site too. And we don't have an offering for that today, but we, we plan to have one soon. And that'll be another addition to our portfolio. Yeah, well, I think there's probably plenty of opportunity right now simply with the number of remote locations, right? And I know that I had a... A customer service call uh, this morning that I had to do with uh, someone that I bought something from, and clearly they're using some kind of you know voice over IP technology. And clearly, instead of being in a call center, they were actually they let me know they were actually working out of a home office, you know, doing this customer support. Right. So we're seeing these little changes in how people work 
how they're distributing that work in the most unusual places, right? I like how you mentioned convenience stores and auto manufacturers, because those are typically areas that maybe didn't have to think about that in the past. In this day and age, that things are much more diversified, right? Absolutely. Um, and in healthcare, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but they would have probably seen the opportunity a lot sooner uh, simply because of the distribution of the health, the health networks, right? You know, some of them implemented it, you know, using their own personnel, but a lot of them want to use a company like ours. And, you know, MSPs obviously have an option. They can create their own branded offering and rebuild it and sell it to an end user, which often they do, or they could go to a carry ma carrier managed service like ours, where we provide everything. The partner doesn't have to do that. You simply sell it and we pay a residual commission, which is effectively you know, what I call assetless gross margins so that you don't have to get involved in the daily management. And if, if I were an MSP, I'd be doing both. I might create my own SD-WAN offering that I rebuild under my brand name. And in situations that warrant it, I would sell somebody else's like Comcast businesses and earn a commission for that. And then I'd have a portfolio of you know, different offerings for different types of customers. And some want the kind of name of a Comcast behind it. Others are comfortable using the MSP's brand name and you can adjust and, and uh, modify depending on the situation. Yeah, I, I like what you say about this idea that they can uh, kind of mix and match, right? And we've seen the same thing with cloud offerings where in some cases um, MSPs will be uh, required to act in kind of a sideways fashion where they're coming in from the sides versus that, you know, sort of what we think of in the traditional up and down uh, channel model, and then in other cases, they'll have a hybrid, right, where they're using some of that, um, you know, sort of large uh, cloud-based uh, technologies, uh, which, you know, providers like you would provide, as well as some of the stuff that they're doing on their own, right? Yeah, and, uh, you know, related to that, you know, for example, we use a company here in Denver called Pax8, which a lot of MSPs work through around the nation and in other countries now, and they're selling our services, too, as part of an agent model, but they're rebuilding other ones. So, you know, any MSP can access this model through them or other what we call master agents. Um, I've heard that security management is different for SD-WANs versus other things, right? And security is kind of a big uh, ticket item right now with uh, some of the larger, you know, hacks that we've seen out there in the world. Uh, so maybe you could share with me about some of the either additional considerations for security with an SD-WAN or and how in some ways that it might actually add some more security. Well, that's a good question and, and a great point. In fact, you know, we kind of call this, when we look at it as far as how we sell it, we, we almost call it like a managed security offering because the customer is buying from us a combination and it is SD-WAN and typically if they want firewall, then they'll get that with unified threat management. So. Our standard SD-WAN includes what's called a stateful firewall, and that monitors the full state of all the active connections. But when you, you know, buy unified threat management, which we use through Palo Alto and others, you get a lot more functionality with next-gen firewall uh, capability. So that includes things like anti-malware and anti-spam, intrusion detection, and an intrusion prevention. And it also uh, improves uh, alarming and notifications and DDoS. So there's a whole series of elements that go way beyond standard firewalls that are included. And you know these services can be, at least through Comcast, you can get the combination of SD-WAN plus those security offerings for anywhere from 350 a site up to 500 a site. And the partner then would earn a commission probably in the mid-teens on that, an MSP would. So that's how it works. So when you get customers who have you know 500 sites, Obviously, the amount of money you're talking about adds up really quickly, especially with the bandwidth included on that. 
So then you're talking more like, you know, six, 700 a site. And, uh, and then we manage it all. So it's a great solution for an MSP that has a big client like that. And eventually even for smaller ones, you know, our, our wheelhouse is probably 10 to 20 sites, but we've done deals, you know, north of a thousand. So uh, that's where security comes in. And those offerings are recent additions to what Comcast business provides. It's a, it's a kind of offering that a healthcare company or a financial services company would not only require, but demand. The MSPs will be rebuilding some of their offerings on their own paper and on their own brand. And then others, you know, in my world, they could sell 150 different other service providers and earn a commission, kind of like an insurance broker would or a financial advisor would. So then you've got buckets of money, some on your own rebilling, some from raw commissions coming in from other service providers. And the collective sum allows you to operate a really profitable business. And I, I think it's important we all learn how to do a better job of adapting to that model as well, right? I was doing another interview. Uh, we were actually talking about an entirely different topic. It was on uh, social selling and uh, this idea that, no, no, I don't, I don't use social. I don't use those platforms to, you know, to sell. And I was reminded of times in the past when I, I'm, I'm old, I'm aging myself now, but I remember when cell phones first became a thing in the office, right? When it was uh, no longer just the Motorola brick, which, you know, uh, were hugely expensive and people had as a vanity item that once they started coming to the office, people said, no, no, that's not for me. That's not, you know, something I'm going to use. And then uh, the laptop and then the internet, like there was all these different things that originally had come in as a, I guess, disrupting the model, if you will. And that's kind of what I see happening right now with what you're talking about, because it doesn't just apply to the, you know, the model for SD-WAN, but pretty much everything, right? Oh, no doubt. Our partners sell everything all the way to layer seven and down. And, you know, it's a lot of connectivity stuff, but it's also even, you know, desktop as a service, cloud environments, UCAS, CCAS, SD-WAN, firewall. Every bit of that can be sold as an agent or broker in our model and earn commissions, or it could be sold as you selling it on your own paper. And again, I think that's what MSPs are going to end up doing down the road is they'll sell some combination of things on their own paper and others on behalf of another provider and earn money on both ends. Uh, of all the change we're talking about, you know, I know I've mentioned it a couple of times in this interview already and so have you, but this idea of remote work, right? And uh, telemedicine and, you know, other things that are taking advantage of this. Um, how will these kind of changes act for additional opportunities for MSPs that they, that they may not be thinking about? I just think it's table stakes now that those hybrid work environments are gonna exist and therefore these companies are going to say i don't have the it staff necessary to go evaluate all these things i need a trusted advisor much like you and i choose a financial advisor for our yeah. financial portfolio help me figure this out and they are going to need that advisor to go bet through the literally dozens if not hundreds of various offerings the same way my financial advisor says you know i'm going to put you in these stocks and these bonds and these financial instruments and not these there's millions of choices there. And I think that's going to be a standard business model going forward. And I think customers out there need that help. They don't have the money to hire expensive IT staff. And so they're going to look to the outside from MSPs and others to get that support. Yeah. And, and there's so many uh, aspects of your life where you actually start to look for uh, that expertise where it already exists, right? So I know some people do it for their golf game and uh, I even do it for fishing. If I'm going somewhere to it, I do a new spot. I find somebody who knows the area and, and how to fish it, right? Like sure. what, why would I waste my time uh, trying to figure it out the hard way? So absolutely, I think it really applies. Well, we're at that stage in the interview where 
I ask if you only had one piece of advice uh, to get people started down this road uh, to really grasping the opportunity with SD-WANs, what would that be? Be versatile because, you know, in the new world order, everything can be virtualized. And we've seen that obviously with, you know, the Apple store and what you can get on, on any kind of app anywhere. And so, you know, with that in mind, everything, you know, has changed to now as a service and it eliminates the past world. I grew up in 35 years of bars and that whole world of, of boxes and physical hardware. Oh. It eliminates the tyranny of the boxes and no longer does the customer have to be wedded to specific boxes but they instead can have everything virtualized via software. And this is what this technology allows you to do. And from that, you can scale infinitely. And so you as a partner could approach a customer of gigantic size or a small one and anything in between because of this offering. And I see it all the time. I, I'm working on deals with partners that are million dollar a month opportunities all the way down to 500 bucks a month. And that's from the smallest to the largest partners. So. You know, any partner now can act and be versatile. I, I think it's just, you know, open up your imagination of the kind of opportunities you can embrace now, because without all that physical hardware and the world of the past, you can sell almost anything. And you can use companies the size of Comcast or other competitors of ours, or you can build it on your own paper and do everything in between. I think it's a fascinating time and it'll be very, very fruitful over the coming years. And uh, I love that expression, the tyranny of the boxes. I think I'm going to get a t-shirt made up and uh, <laughs> hand it out to all my friends. <laughs> and, and and I often like to use real world examples of you know places where that has happened already, right? And I would say that the way we consume media, uh, for one, uh, is how that has been done, right? So um, I worked at Blockbuster when I was younger, if you remember the video store. Yeah. And uh, the tyranny of the box at that time was, you know, a VCR was too expensive to afford, so they rented you one. And then that technology changed. We had, uh, you know, eventually DVDs and then Blu-rays and then uh, HD formats. And most of that um, has completely escaped the tyranny of the box now, right? That if you're consuming media, uh, and I'm a huge media buff that my entire home theater uh, system is 4K with Dolby Atmos and everything else. But guess what? I'm getting Dolby Atmos and 4K UHD now uh, streaming. I don't remember the last time I you know, bought a Blu-ray, right? So the tyranny of the box, I love it. <laughs> it's great, the truth. <laughs> well, I, I cannot thank you enough for doing uh, the interview today. And for everyone that is tuned in to either Tiger Pot Radio, if you're listening, if you can't see us, that means you're listening. And if you're tuned into Tiger Pot, that means you can see us and hear us. Uh, just remember to keep on learning and growing your business. So Craig, thank you once again. Thanks, Wes. Cheers. And so we come to the end of another exciting episode of Tiger Paw Radio. If you'd like to listen to more great learning content to help you grow your business, please be sure to visit www.tigerpaw.com and click on the resources tab. You can also subscribe to your favorite podcast platforms to be sure you never miss another episode. And until next time, keep learning, keep growing, and keep that inner tiger strong.